now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. everyone and welcome to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host Matthew Dressing. Good evening, Joanne, and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And fall is the time, surprisingly, for planting. So many people are asking us, can we still plant? Of course you can plant. And tonight we're going to talk about planting bulbs. Amongst other things, we are excited to have um, Heirloom Heather, Heather Morin with us tonight. Um, so if you have a question about cut flowers or cut flower gardening, send them to us here at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com. That's right. And before Heather joins us, a little bit about Heirloom Heather. Uh, Heirloom Heather started as a small scale flower farm in 2021. This farm is dedicated to farming sustainably and using organic methods. They preach low waste and try to be as eco-conscious as they can when making decisions about the farm. Currently, they're learning about soil health, low tilling, and regenerative farming. Named after the Scottish flower, Heather is the head farmer of florist at Heirloom Heather. She does all the planning, prepping, and planting. She has a background in graphic design and loves to make stunning color palettes with flowers. Uh, in 2020, newly sober Heather found solace in gardening when the world was basically turned upside down. Heirloom Heather started as a way to spread happiness and joy through flowers when people needed it most. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, hello. Thank you for having hello. me. No problem. Thank you for joining us here. Um, so tell us more about the story about how the farm got started. Well, like all good things, um, creativity was sparked during COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of started a garden, I think. Mm -hmm, <laughs> we so were all many. kind of craving to get back to nature, get our hands in the ground, kind of um, have more sustainability with like food and agriculture. So um, yeah, I just, I ended up starting the flower farm because when I was younger, I actually used to um, uh, forage for wildflowers for my mom. So mm -hmm. that used to come out of a place of kind of like loneliness um, when I was growing up. So I used to take these like nature walks and forage for all these wild, beautiful things. Um, so I started feeling this same sort of feeling during COVID. So that prompted me to grow flowers along with my vegetables. Um, so yeah, I kind of just ended up coming back to like my inner child with the planting the flowers and having them in my life. Excellent. Nice. And then did you right off the bat have the idea that you could sell them? Um, I've always been a little entrepreneur. 
So like ever since <laughs> I was younger, I started a lemonade stand, which I'm sure every child did. But I also yeah. started dog walking business. So Ooh. in Claremont, I was the first dog walking business. I would knock on doors and ask people if they have dogs that they needed walked. And so that started. And then um, I was also really good at cleaning houses when I was younger. Um, <laughs> so there was one old lady in town that I, I just naturally be, uh, became friends with. And she's like, hey, do you want to like, help me clean my house. So then I started doing that on the side too. <laughs> oh, wow. And walking her dog. <laughs> oh, that's nice. good. And then word of yeah. mouth spreads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I also went to school for advertising, marketing, communication. Mm. So, um, and then I went to graphic design after that. I've always been really into color and texture. Um, I loved graphic design, um, but I just feel like flowers are my medium oh that is very cool very yeah cool. and how did it first start like you just you know I mean get social media to, or a website as far as you grew the flowers but you know there's a short window right it's a very um what's the word <laughs> product that like it goes bad oh, I can't um, think of the word perishable product thank you perishable product yes. right you know as opposed to a book like Matt and I have a book but it's not going bad right like well yeah <laughs> well, we figure out what to do. um so yeah um so I feel like you would have felt like the pressure right to kind of oh so much pressure I think I like I I ended up growing these beautiful snapdragons um the first season and I had no contacts to florists or no sales avenues and they were beautiful, but I also were really um, heavily critiquing them because I was like, oh, well, the bees, I know the bees have pollinated and you know, once bee pollinate something, it starts to try to make seeds. So then they start dropping their petals. But now that I've been in the industry for two years, I understand that my snapdragons were so wonderful and I could have just even given them to any florist and they would have been happy. But I was so concentrated on like the quality of my product mm. that I ended up just composting them. And I remember I cried. I've oh. so I sobbed so much. Oh. But like, it's just one of those things, right? Yeah. I also grew like beautiful ranunculus the first year. Like these, these white, uh, I think they were Blanco- uh, Italian ranunculus and they were just they were almost the size of golf balls maybe a bit bigger and like I haven't even seen that at wholesale like right. now that I know how to like buy through wholesale and I can see what people are growing and mm -hmm. also like what is gets imported I can see the quality of my first year flowers and I'm like man I could yeah. have done so much with this yeah but <laughs> so. you have to start somewhere so I think that's amazing Really exactly. amazing. Yeah, definitely. So, so um, yeah. And even to think about the, cause the challenge there is like, there's so many flowers and ranunculus are hard to grow. So that's, they are, you know, yeah, I was really proud when I, when I nailed it my first year and I think it had to do with how nice and cool the spring was. Mm. And we had a little bit longer of a spring um, also cause I was just super meticulous with them. <laughs> but now the second year I'm like, you know what? They'll grow. I'll just put them on the ground. I'll pre-sprout them, put them on the ground. They'll grow. Yeah. Now, do you start some things inside and then move them out? Or do you just start everything outside? So you do have to grow most flowers because of our uh, Canadian climate. Because mm -hmm. we're in zone 6, 6A, 5B. Yes. Um, yeah. Depending yeah. on. Because you're, yeah. you're are you north of 7? Yes. Yeah. So then, yeah, yeah that gets a little bit you know creeps a little bit up there right towards 6b Matt 
Yes, and I was just thinking for those who are listening, there's a Highway Seven that kind of you know, like oh. goes oh yeah <laughs> latitudinal across the GTA, and that's like the ridges. So there's a very defining line of warmer and cooler weather. That's <laughs> for those right. not familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that means you're going to grow like warmer stuff. So if you're in Zone Six, then you have a chance to grow things that people can't grow in like five. You know, the lower you go, the colder you are. Um, and then like, yeah, though less flowers, I guess you have opportunity to grow. Right. Um, what was the question again? No, I don't remember. It's okay. <laughs> no, do you, have to, do you have to start some of your plants inside or can you start them all outside? Yes. So because of our Canadian climate, we do have to start most of them under grow lights in January or February, depending on the, the days to, to maturity. Um, and that information is available all online. Johnny Seeds is a really good resource for that. So mm. many growing guides there. Um, you can get like comprehensive growing guides for each specific flower. Um, but yeah, sometimes I, I do the wiggle room too. So if it's like 120 days and I'm doing succession plantings, because when you're running a flower farm, you can't just do one planting because everything will just bloom at the same time. Yeah kind of have to be strategic and do multiple plantings, kind of figure out how to keep your flowers blooming. Mm -hmm. um, and each flower is different and has a different like longevity, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And different bloom times, right? So some will bloom, you know, I'm sure you've got your early, like when we're designing a garden, right, Matt, like yeah. we'll design, you know, there's, because everybody wants all season, you know, so that's always the goal, right? Is that something blooms and because anybody can have a, I always say this, to my clients, anybody can do a June garden, that's a piece of cake, right? It's everything, there's so many things that bloom in June, but you know, the goal is to have something, you know, what's waking up in April and what's, you know, what's looking good now in October, you know, those are all mm -hmm. the other months. Those are the challenge. So I would think even a little trickier for when it's cut flowers, right? You still want something interesting. Yes. And that doesn't even account for like crop failures and pest yes. pressure and weather and all that fun mm, stuff. Drought. But yeah. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Drought yeah. has been a big one for the last two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you do have to start everything inside under grow lights. Um, and some things like Lysianthus, which is the longest, I'm going to say the longest seed that takes mm -hmm. to, other than eucalyptus, if you want to get yeah. eucalyptus, you have to start that in December. Um, wow. And it and it basically is mature in the fall. So you are just, you're using that space and it's eucalyptus plant only. You get one harvest. Um but then Lysianthus take about six months to grow from seed and they are finicky and they also have a lot of like yes. diseases mm. <laughs> like Barcillium wilt, I think it's called. Yep. Um, they're really susceptible to that and okay. that makes it difficult to yeah. rely on them. So a lot of cut flower growers, we actually buy in plugs from um, different, different suppliers Um Okay. Because we find it more uh, cost effective with our time than having yeah, to baby right. the one plant. Um, okay. I usually buy Lysianthus plugs and then I also try to grow because I like to torture myself. I was just going to say, because you like to punish yourself. I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm always like itching in December. I'm like, I need to plant something. Got to get going. So, oh, goodness. Yeah. In the so dead of winter. You, you must have a, like, do you have a, is it inside? Do you have a little greenhouse set up? I don't even have a greenhouse actually. Um, 
that is on the wish list. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> so is so many other things. But this year, I actually did a big investment and I got myself a worm bin. So that's really exciting. Oh. Um, yeah, so Tell I have us a what worm that, what farm is now. Oh, okay. It was like, what's a worm bin? A bin yeah, of worms. So it's but... like, yeah. So it's it's a way that I can compost my kitchen scraps and my flower material, and I have these worms, and they make me worm castings. So it's like a way for it to kind of go full circle. Excellent. But anyways, I'm going on another tangent. No, um, no, that, and I, that's a whole sustainability, right, and regenerative. Yeah. Exactly. And it's in my iconography. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I have a butterfly, a worm, a ladybug and a bee because those are the I find the biggest helpers in the garden. You've got the worm for the aeration. You've got the ladybug because um, a beneficial insect and not Asian lady beetles. And the ladybugs also eat aphids, Um, butterflies because they're a pollinator and the bees. Excellent. but anyways yeah so I do grow I have a garage I have a heated garage and um I grow all of like my seeds in there as in my worm bins in there too that's why I thought of it no no that's great I mean I just love that I mean there's many flower flower farmers I think it's such a great new business idea and the fact that Mm -hmm. you're kind of new at it but you're doing so well already um, we met you at the, Matt and I met you at the Toronto Flower Market in September, yeah. which was amazing. And you, your little booth sold out, not little booth, your booth sold out. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we missed you in October. I know. I was like, uh, I had four weddings I did. So ah. four weddings in October. And I was like, man, I really want to do Toronto Flower Market again because I love the community. But I was like, I can't swing it. I can't yeah. swing it. Yeah, knowing um, your limits is good. Next next year, I'm going to do all the dates of Toronto Flower Market if I can, if I can sign off. up for them. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. So we'll, well see it, a lot of each other. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah. I mean, I love that Echo Conscious Flower Farm. I think that is wonderful. And that you're mm-hmm. in Durham region, kind of in the neck, and Matt and I are our neck of the woods, which is great. Um, so do you farm, I think you mentioned before the show, you farm in like two locations? Yes. So um, I farm at my house. Um, I'm actually like, I'm in Oshawa, but I'm, what is that? I'm like in a subdivision, so I don't have much space. And I also have like a lot of, I have like a big maple tree and I have like Mm. a bunch of shade. So the only spot I have has about, I'm going to say four raised beds worth of growing space and everything else I do in grow bags. And I just get strategic with my sun placement. Um, So that's like basically the only place I get full sun. So like high value crops I would do at home because I can monitor them better. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I do like ranunculus. I really love pansies, um, the Italian type of pansies. They're like really frilly and they're really unique. Um, they're actually in in my logo. So I'm like obsessed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I went down a rabbit hole of pan like sourcing pansy seeds. I spent a whole year sourcing pansy seeds. And I'm like, I need to have this select curation of pansy. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I grow those at home too. Uh, and then I also have my mom's house in Pickering. Uh, so North Pickering, it's in Claremont. Um, yeah, so we're just on a the sideline there. She's got a farmhouse and she's let me 
dig up all the land as long as she gets garbage flowers is what she calls them but they're just flowers that yeah <laughs> that like fall on the ground or like yeah know, she'll be like hey Heather my vase is looking a little empty <laughs> <laughs> but she's lovely and she actually was um at the you met her I think yes she yeah she was with you market. at the flower market yeah yeah so she actually has helped a lot this season which has been amazing Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, you're so close to me. I'm like, you can plant in my garden. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yours is full of beautiful perennials. If some perennials. I'm a shrub girl, as, as our listeners know, that I am pr- primarily just because of time, right? I don't have tons of time to look after perennials and divide and yeah. prune and deadhead and, and that type of thing. Although I have more, I've gotten more in the last, over the last few years, but, um, but the, certainly the low maintenance ones like cat mint and, and stuff. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're definitely coming. Oh, Matt, go ahead. No, go we've ahead. Got some no. questions. No, I think we've got some questions, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, Darlene has written in and says, hello, Joanne and Matt. Are Heather's products available anywhere beside her farm? Thank you. And, and that was going to lead in my next question, too. Can, can people come and visit the farm as well? So as of now, people can't visit. We're not open to the public just because it is my mom's house. It's her private house. So um, until I get my own farm, probably not. We are thinking about running a farm stand next year, um, but I will be running subscriptions for pickup and delivery within Durham region next season. So I'll be doing tulip subscriptions and daffodil subscriptions for spring flowers. Yeah. So tell us more about the subscriptions. Like, so what does a flower subscription look like? What does that mean? (laughs) So basically what it is, is that you pay for uh, either monthly or biweekly. I haven't decided exactly the dates, um, but you would, you can gift them or you can just get them for yourself. Um, But basically what it is, it's four weeks worth of flowers to fill your home with. Um, the spring, the spring subscriptions I'm going to be launching in November. So it's a perfect gift for Christmas. Um, yeah. And so I'm thinking biweekly or weekly and basically what it is for tulips, you get four, four, 10 bunches of tulips, four bunches of 10, 10 tulips. Yeah. Yeah, And these are all specialty (laughs) bulbs. So they're like peony like, uh, tulips. There's a parrot type, which are kind of like frilly and wild. And then there's these fringe type, which I love. There's like bi colors. I really like sourcing different uh, unique coloring of tulips, like stuff that you can't find at the grocery store or even at the wholesaler. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Definitely put your own unique uh, spin on it. You've got a very unique, beautiful product. I love that you spent the year looking uh, for pansies for sure. <laughs> um, I get pretty obsessive sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. I feel you there. Yeah. <laughs> Joe has written in, um, hello, a serious question for Heather. Uh, does Heather still dog walk or clean houses? The reason I'm asking is because I know people that need both services in Durham region. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I do not, um, <laughs> yeah. but I do think, what am I? No, I only know a dog walker in in Toronto, so I, I don't think I could even help you there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got Joe's email, so if you come up with something, yeah. We'll definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and since we are, it is fall, and you're getting ready to um, do bulb planting, right? 
Yes. 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 So how many are you going to plant? So um, what happened was in the spring. So basically with bulbs and flower farmers, we always have to think a year in advance. Mm-hmm. Basically, if the flower is blooming, we are buying seeds and bulbs and tubers and corms at that time. So last spring, I did all my curation of all my spring bulbs for the fall. So when I was curating them, I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to start. You can actually force bulbs and do them under lights in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought a course in order to study this. And then... <laughs> It came to fall and I'm like, you know what? Actually, we're just going to take a break <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to plant everything in ground now. Um, so with that in mind, I am going to plant 3,000 tulips. 3,000. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And daffodils too? So daffodils I actually invested in last year um, oh. because they, yeah, they will multiply. And so you just have to split them, I think, every three years. But um, last year, I invested in them. So this year, we should have a big daffodil season. I also spent a whole seat, like a whole year last year, curating these daffodils. Ah. That was my hyper focus. I was like, I need all these beautiful daffodils. So I curated specific types. Exactly. Like, I love the apricots. I love the buttercreams. Mm. I love like the oaky, the oaky yellows. Okay, yolks like egg yolk. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The creamy, yeah. like butter. Yeah. The frillies, the weird ones, all of that. So, how many daffodils did you end up planting? If you plant, you're planting three thousand tulips. Do you have a number of roughly how many daffs you planted? <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay, so I think it was around four hundred I planted last year. Okay. But. If you take into consideration, no, it must have been more than that. I'd have to get my actual numbers. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. For anybody who's tried to plant 20, it's, you know, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But every year they multiply once and then they multiply again. So Ah. 400 this last year. So 800 this year. Is what to expect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think I calculated something about like a thousand to daffodils in two years. So it must be more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So now, so, so then you must not be pulling them up, right? You're leaving, you're just, are you just cutting off the flowers? Cause that's a, a popular issue with the bulbs is if you dig up the bulbs and the leaves don't have time to put the energy back into the bulb, then the bulbs are basically garbage or compostable, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So we don't dig uh, daffodil bulbs. You always leave those in ground. Um, what you can do is um, when you pick them, they kind of, you can kind of twist and snap them. They kind of like pop out actually. It's like, oh. you know? Yeah. Um, but the thing with daffodils is that they do like a toxic sap that will kill any other flowers in the vase. So what we do as flower farmers is when we pop them out, we always condition them. So we let them sit and I think it's like, we let them sit in cold water for a couple hours until it like calluses over. And then you can mix them with other flowers and it won't leak that sap anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to mix 
the tulips and daffodils together. <laughs> yes, well, that's good. Excellent. So yeah. is it planting? So yeah, what else is there different about the type of bulb planting that you're doing for cut flowers compared to what maybe uh, I know Matt and I or your our listeners do for regular daffodil or tulip planting? So actually for cut flowers um we as flower farmers we actually plant very close together because we want to maximize our space mm-hmm. um we we you can do two methods um the trench method which is backbreakingly hard and i would not <laughs> recommend <laughs> because i tried both methods last year as my first tulip year and um the next method I'm going to tell you is way better so anyway you could plant a trench and then you um plant them in like egg carton style so you plant them in little rows all mm-hmm. lined up I don't know if you saw the picture on Instagram that I posted but um they're very close together okay and then you just cover them up like you normally would um and then the other method is a no dig method um so what you do is you build a raised bed a temper you could either temporary raised bed and then you just put them a nice layer of mushroom compost so you put the layer of mushroom compost really like probably about an inch or two um, and then you lay the bulbs again and then you put a layer of mushroom compost over top so about six inches is what they need now this is a superior method because Mm -hmm. once you pull the tulip out you pull it out bulb and all, because that's how you're gonna get the stem length. Um, and then once you pull it out of the mushroom compost, it's really fluffy and light. Um, and then that's way less work to harvest. So if you're harvesting right out of dirt, like nine times out of 10, the, um, the bulb will snap off. Mm. And then you're not getting, you're getting like kind of a tarnished flower or, you're ripping and you're pulling and it's just, right. yeah, especially, I think I have like on the clayier side of things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it was pretty tough, but um, yeah, night and day, the two methods, that's okay. how we do it. So and are you able to like, reuse the tulip bulbs? No. no. So we okay. do not re- reuse those. We compost those. And the reason for that is because, um, with tulips, I believe it takes about two years for them to actually make another tulip bulb. And the ones that we source is for cut flower production. So mm-hmm. even if you were to save that bulb and plant it, the next flower that's going to produce out of it isn't going to be the same mm-hmm. quality. And we're looking right. for quality. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the yeah. longer stems, uh, that type of exactly. thing. So so that's good. So that's good to know for our, our listeners who maybe have raised bed vegetable gardens that now are going to sit empty for till the spring, you can go ahead and like think about that about planting um, bulbs in those raised planters now. And that you know, started before you even need to start working on your vegetable garden, you could have some your, your own cut flowers. Yeah, that's a great way. And like, um, also garlic. That's another way you like to use my beds too. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other show, Heather. You can come back. To yeah, that, <laughs> that was our two things, Matt and I were like this month. Okay, we're talking about bulbs and we're talking about we need to talk about garlic. So there you go. <laughs> so, Bob has asked, "Hi, folks listening in again. Love your garden show. Uh, when you plant the bulbs, do we need to feed them with anything, or just 
plant and forget them. So you mentioned you use the uh, mushroom compost in the one method. Do you, would you recommend anything else just if you're planting them just kind of for fun and regular enjoyment or cut gardens? Um, so with your tulip bulbs, they are equipped. That little bulb has like all the energy that it needs to flower. So you don't need to fertilize or spend extra money on fertilizer for your bulbs at all. It's not going to affect the mm -hmm. the quality of your flower. Mm -hmm. Unless you're wanting to keep them in the landscape. Like, I mean, I guess you could because certain tulip varieties for landscape, I think Darwin's mm -hmm. landscape. Popular, yeah. And they like multiply and then, yeah. So like those maybe. Um, but the reason that we use the mushroom compost is that two reasons is that um, it's fluffy and soft, so it's easier harvest. But then we take the mushroom compost afterwards and spread it on all the spring beds as like to repurpose it. And then mm -hmm. all that is like a supercharged compost because the roots have been through the compost. And yeah, it's just a really good method. Oh, I think good. And Charles from No Dig and then also Jenny Love was the one who came. I don't know if Jenny Love came up with the method, but she's the one I heard it from. Oh, okay. Okay. I love how it's, the you, there's like a flower farmer community, right? Oh, there's such a big flower farmer community. Yeah. And I love yeah. to give credit where credit's due. Like if I made something my own, of course. But yes. like, I always love to credit people who put that work in. Oh, that is great. And you mentioned, so we, Alexis did ask about how, um, uh, what if the plants or bulbs are too shallow or how far? Do, and you said about six inches, right? Tulip bulbs should be about six inches down. Yes, about six inches down. Um, even if you put them a bit deeper, though, they will still come out like they'll find a way. Just don't mm -hmm. put them like super deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too deep in they just won't do their thing. <laughs> That's like a peony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So speaking about doing things, it's the bottom of the hour, and I'm going to just jump in here and uh, thank everybody uh, for joining us here live on Reality Radio 101. And thank you as well if you're listening to the podcast, whether you're on the way to work or in the comfort of your own home. Thank you for downloading and tuning in. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show, like Heather Moran of Heirloom Heather. So don't forget, you can spend more time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our handle there. And you can find lots of amazing past content on all of your favorite podcast providers. While you're there, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content. And please don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from us. You can always write us directly down the garden path podcast at hotmail.com. can reach us at any time during the week. And you can find Joanne and our myself at our own websites, uh, triple w down to the number two earth.ca for Joanne and myself at triple w natural affinity.ca. Now, just as we give back to um, creating your own cut flowers and planting bulbs for a, an early spring cut flower harvest, um, I just want to mention uh, Heather's mentioned her store and some uh, wonderful 
uh, cut flower subscriptions. So don't forget, you can find Heather and all of her email and her social media links at www.heirloomheather.ca. Uh, so you can reach out to Heather and ask some questions and check out all of her amazing products and uh, her shop while you are there. Mm-hmm. And weddings. So how is, is that's a whole other side, like a whole other ball game, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love weddings. I didn't know how much I love them till I did them this <laughs> fall. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So I see on your wet on your website, you've got wedding inquiry for 2023. So you still have some yes. space. I do still have some space. Um, I love, well, the, the best thing about growing flowers and especially for summer brides is that I can specifically grow crops for them. So if they want like phlox or they want ranunculus, depending on the date, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like dahlias, there's like specific color palettes I can curate. It's really great. Oh, that's good. Do you find many bl- brides know? Like, I, I think, you know, they, everybody knows a peony and everybody knows roses and everybody knows hydrangeas. But do they, are they, well, like, do they know, like, what flocks and ranunculus are? Um, sometimes. Oh, okay. uh, I like to just, sometimes, so, as you know, most roses are imported. Right. Most of them are imported from, like, Ecuador or Colombia. Yes. Um, and most of them are covered with a bunch of chemicals. So, I tend to stay away from roses, mm-hmm. so I'll offer alternatives that are local and fresh. So one of them would be ranunculus, which is like the rose of spring. And honestly, Ooh. most people can't tell the difference between a lisianthus, um, a ranunculus. So people are more than happy just to uh, do the local option than and supporting yeah. that side of things. Yeah, I, I could see definitely see that. I did work past life we have to go for coffee but I did work in a flower shop for four years so yes I've stripped <laughs> those you? roses and yes mm-hmm. and yes and the boxes that came from Ecuador and and uh and yeah. South America um so a lot goes into that so I think I think that's part of it is why this has taken off so for so many flower farmers is that people do just like they want to get it at the grocery store which aren't necessarily grown in Ontario right some are some aren't but the thought of buying them from a, a you know locally and know that it was grown locally and and that we know where it's been grown and we know the chemicals or not no chemicals we have m- much better idea it's like buying our food locally right I think that whole um, buy local has really translated across a lot of things so I think that's very exciting yeah it is it's super exciting and it's like I find it's just so charming to like care after a plant and then especially for a bride if like let's say she wants the specific flower if I'm caring after it for like months and months and months and then Mm. it comes to fruition I'm seeing her hold it and like she's tearing up and I'm tearing up and we just know all like the love and passion that goes into it yeah yeah, that's why I design gardens because I just love, you know, people's right. homes and seeing the seeing the end result and watching, you know, I was at a client to just before the show, I was at a client from a few years ago and looking at her garden and and uh yeah, so there's just nothing that brings me joy. So I can totally like, you know, a different scale, but I can totally relate. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um now you mentioned you have an Instagram. So for people to check out your Instagram, you have an Instagram uh contest going on. Oh, yes. So I just posted it today, but I am running an Instagram contest um, where you can actually win both flower subscriptions for the spring. So I'm running the 
tulip and daffodil. So you'll win both. And I do offer delivery for free in this giveaway. So you'll in be Durham, in Durham region though. So, you in know, those, Durham region. right. <laughs> so those like Etobicoke people, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Local delivery. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you'll be winning a, I'm going to say it's going to be about six weeks worth of fresh flowers in your, in your home, but there's, That's um, awesome. yeah, That's awesome. yeah. It's going to make someone's day. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Aside from daffodils and tulips, are there any other, like, do you do alliums? Are there any other quirky bulbs that quirky, you know, unique bulbs <laughs> that um, yes. would make a great bouquet? I, oh my gosh. I love scary. I have a love with that one. Um, I love the one called, uh, I think it's called Baby's Breath. And it's really, really light periwinkle blue. And it smells so nice. <laughs> but I think um, they're very short, unfortunately. So they're really good for mason jar arrangements. But also, um, now that we're doing weddings and stuff for like detailed work, like boutonnieres and, yeah. Yeah, and like hair flowers. Okay. Corsages. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. But um, uh, I also am planting, oh, I don't even know how to say it. Frill, oh, what are those like little cup guys? Frittleria. Frill that guy, yeah. yeah. That's good. At, that's good at that, Heather. Let Matt say it. <laughs> Frittleria imperialis, the crown imperial yes. plant, imperial crown plant. Yeah. Smells yes, like yes, skunk. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that, but uh, they are so cute. I love yes. the bells, and I ordered the uh, white type, like Albus. Um, so I'm excited to try them because, yeah, I was a little weird. I don't know. They're just, they've got like little dots on them. They almost look alien like, and I just, yeah, I just gravitated towards them. <laughs> very cool. That would be very neat to see in a bouquet for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen those in a cup flower I wonder bouquet. If well, I mean, if they smell like skunk, maybe not. But um, <laughs> I know a lot of floral designers love them. Yes. Because okay. of the uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah, so not all fall. flowers. Like, I'm not a big, um, like, the lily. Like, I'm not a big, like, the, I find them smelly and I don't really, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've never been a lily fan. No. I'm just. Yeah. No. I don't no. know. I just haven't. <laughs> There's there's a lily called salmon star that's really pretty. It's like um, it's got like these salmony. Well, obviously you can tell I really like apricot, but, <laughs> but like apricot salmony speckles and it's white. Okay. Um, mm. That's probably the only lily I would grow. Ah, okay. Yeah. So in the growing season though, so the, the problem is these seasons change fast. So is it just, yes. are you, is this just you full-time going out? Do you have some help? Um, it is me full-time most of the time. Okay. Um, I do get help from my incredible boyfriend, Ricky. Um, Excellent. He's been <laughs> an astronomical help. Uh, yeah. So he helps with everything. Just yeah. everything. So um but yeah, no, it's it's just mostly me who does okay. it. Um, my mom also kind of chips in, you know, she'll come to the, the market. She's really good at selling flowers too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we could you should stay in touch with Matt because he teaches at Durham College in the Hort program. So you never know when you're ready to grow and hire a, a student or two, you two. Oh, you know? I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking. Any students there who need internships. <laughs> yeah, I will ask around for sure. I was thinking even 
um, for my bulb class. Maybe I can hook up with you and I can take some pictures of of some of the cool Oh, yeah, bulbs for sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you teach a bulb class? Like, well, is it just... Yeah, so as part of the annuals and perennials course, I do a whole class on just bulbs and identifying the different bulbs and the different species oh, and what cool. they look like. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I'm always looking for cool pictures and unique cultivars to share with them. They just get so excited. So, oh, very yeah. cool. That's good. So, now, John has asked us, why do we even have to remove any bulbs? Can we just leave them where they are? And of course, yes, you can, John, if you're growing them in your in your uh, garden just to have them stay in the garden. We're removing them just because we want to put them as a bouquet, like a cut flower. Right? Uh, yeah, there's also another reason. So if you're planting that many bulbs, you don't want them to stay in the ground because they're more susceptible to like spreading diseases. So there's a thing called tulip fire. So um, it'll like just take out all your your crops and it, and it spreads from infected bulbs. Um, and so what we do is we don't grow tulips in the same bed more than like once a season. Like you have to keep changing your beds. Mm. So you have to wait like at least seven years to plant in that bed again. So with the wow. raised bed oh, method, you can long. just move it so i i well what i do is i take out the compost then i put dirt in and then i'll plant summer annuals this year i planted a huge mint bed so because as you know mint is like pretty uh intense with like spreading so i use the raised bed to contain it um yeah 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 that's the way to do it for sure and so and you're gonna put that uh, mint in arrangements yeah, mint is fantastic for arrangements. Oh. It gets really woody. Um, mm. I find it lasts a long time. It makes a bouquet smell delicious. Uh, I love to curate weird mints. So Richter's Herbs in Uxbridge is like heaven sent because they have tons of mint cultivars. Yeah, they, and there's ones that smell like candy and pineapple and apple. <laughs> Wow. Go down the mint rabbit hole too. Yeah. yeah so I have a bunch of mint for I know. Year. With plants, that's the thing with plants and flowers, right? And bulbs. Like there's yeah. yeah, it's a huge rabbit hole that Matt that's why we've been doing we haven't run out of topics to talk about, right? It's like one huge uh and all the you know, we're five years as a podcast, everybody, and, and almost 10 years as a garden show, as a radio show. And we really haven't run out of things to talk about because it's a huge <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> that's right. So many things to talk about. Speaking of talking about, um, we also had uh, Mason write in and was wondering too, hey, Joanne and Matt, I put my bulbs in a cool, dark basement over winter. Is that the best place to store them or should I be using uh, somewhere else for storage? So I know, Heather, you have a lot of spring bulbs. Um, you know, those hardy bulbs that are going to winter over and give us the tulips and the daffodils. But you've mentioned some of the uh, summer bulbs um, that you might have to lift and take care of and store as well. So can you maybe as part of Mason's, an answer to Mason's question, can you kind of take us through the, you know, what you have to do for all those non-winter hardy bulbs to preserve them and, and keep them going? So the only one that um, I'm going to have to lift is going to be the dahlia tubers. So those are like the summer slash fall flowers. And the tubers, if they stay in the in the ground, they'll freeze and then they'll rot. 
So with dahlias, we actually have to lift them out every year um, at the end of the season after they're done flowering and we store them basically wherever will work. Um, for <laughs> me is a cold cellar. Uh, you want to store them cool, but not freezing. Mm-hmm. You want them humid, but not too humid. Dry, but not too dry. It has to be like the perfect conditions to store dahlia tubers. They're kind of divas of the garden. Um, and they have a lot of work to go into them. So uh, I grew about 250 of them this year. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And they, but at least they, they also multiply. So then hopefully you'll have like 500, yeah, exactly. right? <clears throat> and like last year, as you can tell, there's a theme. Um, I spent a year curating Dahlia tubers. I, I actually partnered with a Dahlia farm in the States uh, to get special cultivars here um, that aren't in the Canadian market yet. So I focus oh, wow. on, you know, getting some nice ones for weddings, different apricots, different like whites that are really nice. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited. Hopefully they overwinter. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm gonna have to overwinter those. There's a couple methods you can use. Um, just depends on, again, where you store them. But uh, you can just dig them up and leave them all the dirt attached to them. Um, what This is my method, what I'm gonna try this year. And I'm gonna line uh, a bulb crate or just like a crate or like um, a cardboard box even. And then you just pop them in there and then just leave them. Mm-hmm. So the ideal temperature is about 50, 50 degrees, mm-hmm. 50 Celsius. Yeah. So it's not freezing. No, sorry. That's Fahrenheit. Yeah. We're yeah. Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> 50, 50. Yeah. I don't know what that is in, in Celsius because all like my flower farming and all that stuff. Yeah. Fahrenheit. Insane. We're good with Fahrenheit. That's okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Ten, I'm not saying 10. 10 C okay. for Canadians. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're hovering at that temperature. Um, 10 to 10 to 13, I think is it like 13 is a little warm, but um, yeah, you should be okay. Um, last year, my mom dug my, my Dahlia tubers and threw them in a cardboard box. And I meticulously, you know, dug mine up, divided them, like clean them off, divided them, wrap them up or, um, cause you can wrap them in saran wrap, which I don't recommend because mm-hmm. it's really terrible for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like experimentation goes, I was like, well, I should probably try it to see if this works better. Or, um, the method I used was cocoa core. Um, mm. so people use peat moss, which is also really bad for the environment. environment yeah. Um, so I use cocoa core and vermiculite, a mix of the two. And, um, what are those? A clear, like plastic tote thing. Like, okay. Like rubber, uh, rubber made or something. Like, Tupperware. Yeah. Like okay. a Tupperware container. Yeah. And I stored that in a Tupperware container. Um, and the ones that were stored in the, um, the cocoa core mix did way better than the saran wrap ones. The saran wrap were shriveled. They didn't, they were okay. And they all like still eyed up and they were fine, but like night and day, they were like little, like soft hamsters. The other ones, they were just like perfect. So um, then I looked at my mom's and they looked the same. They were perfect. And I'm like, well, why did I go through? (laughs) So you have to try it to know. Right. So, so that's good. That's good. Big on, I'm big on experimentation because you mm-hmm. won't know yes. until you try everything. Right. You know, 
Yeah. We all have such different, um, you know, places to store. We have different gardens. We have all these different uh, conditions from one place to the other. So yeah, definitely. Ex gardening is all about experimenting and seeing what does and doesn't work for your little space. And I think that's half the fun exactly. of it too. Mm -hmm. so, oh, it is. Yeah. And so when you were in the middle of the winter, when you stored them, did you just leave them? Did you have to go down and take care of them? Did you check on the temperature or anything like that? Or is it just kind of a set and forget? <clears throat> so they are susceptible to mold and rotting. So they, I think they'll rot if it's too cold and they'll mold if it's too humid. So what I did is you kind of have to monitor them. Uh, I say monthly, just go check on them. Just mm -hmm. give them a little peek. Because if there's mold, you can fix it. You can just rub it off and then do like a little sulfur, sulfur shake. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like the sulfur, shake yeah. it up. So, it, or even like cinnamon is a good um, antibacterial oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. But then if they're rotting, you can also fix it. So the place that they're rotting, you just cut it off at the, at the end. Um, and then again, cinnamon, and then, you know, fix the conditions. Um, you also want to make sure they're not like all shriveled up because that means you're really, really dry and they need humidity. So then you're going to spritz them. You know, you got to kind of counterbalance mm -hmm. it. But after I think like two months, you're pretty golden. So like come January, you're pretty good. Good. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking too, as you're saying, you know, you can cut off a tip or a piece. Um, we're talking like the Dahlia tubers or like can of rhizomes yeah. or like the big, you can't go in and cut out chunks of like tulip bulbs or something that you try to, to bring up as well. No. That won't do for the raw part. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, That's and right. um, did, did did someone say he's storing tulip bulbs in his in his um, basement? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. He didn't say specify what kind of bulbs, uh, Mason. It just says I put bulbs in the cool, dark basement over winter. There, more and more, I'm finding people are taking their tulips. And some of my neighbors bring up their tulips every year, uh, dig them up in the spring and put them in the basement or store them somewhere. And I've never done that. So, uh, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I've never seen that. Um, I did yeah. try this experiment. Um I tried to force bulbs, like I was telling you before, yeah. but I this I did this last year, and um, I forced them in grow bags. So what you do is you can take a pot or a grow bag and fill it with dirt, and then you put the tulips in, and then you put it somewhere like cold and dark, sort of like the same temperature as you would have the dahlia tubers, um, something that's not like freezing. But it, I think if they freeze on the top, it's fine. And then you bring them out really, really early spring, and then they'll they'll bloom for you for Mother's Day. Like that's, that's what I had at least mm -hmm. and you can actually like force them to wake up mm -hmm. or a free. I've heard you can't even put them in the fridge. Like if you've got a spare fridge in the garage or in the basement that you mm -hmm. can pot some up in, in the fridge um, and then bring them out that the cool thing about that is you could, if you did several, then you could kind of bring them out like a week apart or something like that. So you could definitely stagger, stagger the growth. So I'm kind of tempted to try, try that uh, this year. Um, I haven't had time you to cool my bulbs, but I'm on my list kind of thing to do. Um, and I'm a, tul yeah. I mean, tulips are fine challenging. I don't do because of the squirrels. So I know none of our listeners oh have asked us about the squirrel gosh. issue. Um, I recently heard a tip about, I know people have said about uh, sprinkling cayenne pepper, but someone said to treat the bulbs like almost like shake and bake, like put 
put them in a paper bag with cayenne pepper and, and shake them, shake them. And so that they, you know, that the, but, and also if they are planted six inches deep, the, I guess if you plant them shallow, the, the squirrels will get them, but they usually are pretty lazy and don't want to go as far as six inches. So, mm-hmm. um, but for that very reason, you know, daffodils and alliums are great choices. I do want to uh, like mention that to all our listeners. Um, the squirrels don't go after them, you know, um, the bulbs, they, they just don't. So I think uh, your effort, your money and your effort uh, is better spent, I think. Um, I know people love tulips, but I, I think sometimes that, you know, the heartbreak of them being dug up right behind you and crocuses right behind you as when planting or after you've planted is just a lot. So, uh, so that's why go alliums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have like an insane high pest pressure, probably more than anyone I know for flower farming. <laughs> um bunnies actually laid like a laid had a nest in both of my tulip beds these are two separate locations two separate parts of the farm so one at my mom's one at my like my personal house and there was litters in in my bed because I I use a polytunnel just to like um warm them up a little bit earlier to force them try Mm -hmm. to get them for mother's day um yeah, and so it was like a nice, warm, hot climate, and they just they found their way in. Oh gosh! And I had baby bunnies. Did they eat not them? Much loss. Did they? No, eat them? actually, okay. like they just made like a home, so it wasn't it wasn't as uh, terrible as I thought. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the for the squirrels, another tip I have is that um, I use a bunch of fall leaves on top of my raised beds just to make it seem so basically if a squirrel like sees that it's like fresh dirt like well I could put a nut in there but if it's uh covered up with like the fall leaves and debris they are kind of like way less interested in it at all they're like Mm -hmm. oh well that's just kind of whatever yeah I've probably already been there (laughs) yeah I think they are lazy like we don't think that they're lazy but I think they really are you know um so yeah so if you can disturb it you can you can cover it up with lots of leaves and and mulch and stuff um, that will help as well. So, so yeah, that's great. We are reaching that point in the show where it's almost time to say goodbye. So um, before we let you go and say goodbye and thank you, is there anything uh, that you would like to promote, um, remind our listeners about, or, uh, you know, share another passion that's close to your heart before we go? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, what was I? I guess I, well, I already <laughs> talked about the weddings. My yes. inquiries for 2023 are still open and I have dates there as well. I'll be um, launching my Tulip and Daffodil subscriptions in November. So great gifts for the holidays as well for your local Durham region flower yes. lovers. <laughs> yeah, and which I think is fabulous. So in the spring, do you do another type of flower subscription in the spring? So that's for the spring. So okay. they will buy the subscription and then you'll get it in the spring. Okay. So like a Christmas gift, they open it and they're already set for like, okay. um, when is it? May, May or April? Yes. Yes. <laughs> when when, when mother nature yeah. cooperates for sure. So, but then yeah. in the spring, do you want, do you do one for summer? I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then one for fall for dahlias. Dahlia season is always huge. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. What is your favorite flower? Ooh, 
forget me nots. I love them. <gasps> I love, I know it's <laughs> unexpected, <laughs> but I love how, um, how simple they are and how beautiful they are. Just like their simplicity. And I really love like the little yellow centers. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. The blue. <laughs> oh, that is very cute. Yes, I had to ask you that. So our favorite, but it's hard to choose, right? It is hard to it choose. Is, yeah. Depends um, on the season. Yeah, for sure. So have you, are you planting like you're, you're growing? So you're growing more this coming year. You're planning for more growth this year compared to last year. Yes, yes. And I also Good. have a really exciting purchase, which is a like a cooler, like an actual flower cooler. So I'll be able to do a lot more with that. Oh, um, I know I'm very excited. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I'm, I have a bunch of perennials plant, planned to be planted and I'm starting to curate my garden seeds and all that stuff and my color palettes, seeing what's uh, trending. You know. <laughs> excellent. Right. Excellent. Well, you know, some desi- garden designers now. So if you need help with uh, good law, you know, perennials and, and shrubs and, and that type of thing. So uh, we're, we're, we're nearby because Matt's in Oshawa <laughs> oh, and I'm in Hickory. Yeah. So, whoa, you know, we're nearby. So, uh, so yeah, it's been so great to have you on the show and let's learn, learn the living the life of a flower farmer. Just sound, I mean, it's, it sounds glamorous, just like working on a flower shop. People used to say, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. <laughs> right it's a lot of heavy yeah. weight like really it's not it's a lot less looking at flowers as it is lugging buckets of water <laughs> so so it's you know it's one of those things um so yes yeah, so being a flower farmer seems exotic but it's a lot of work so kudos to you and con- and congratulations and uh, best wishes for gr- another great season of of planning and seed starting and all of that so here, here. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on the show. I, I really enjoyed my time here and getting to know you guys a little bit better and your listeners and everything. Excellent. We'll have everything in our, year. good. And we'll have everything in our show notes, how you can contact Heather and follow her on Instagram for her little contest and, uh, and see what she, and weddings, if you know anybody getting married. So that's exciting. So thank you everybody um, for joining us here down the garden path. See you all next week. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host, Joanne Shaw, and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.